welcome to another episode of That's Dope. My name is God's Will, and we are doing a Black Lives Matter uh, series, really, you know, like where like I'm trying to get a lot of different voices to talk on a more serious uh, subject for sure. You know, like usually we're always talking about fun and anime and yada yada. Um, but, you know, like I think part of trying to be dope is is knowing when to be serious and when to to do what you can for you know a a bigger movement and you know right now i want to invite back my friend serene like who i i believe is very well read and you know who has helped me like understand these things even before this was happening um i was like you got to come back so please welcome to the podcast serene thank you very much for for jumping on the series of more important or more serious topics and you know it actually happened a lot sooner than i was expecting i wasn't expecting to have you back so soon you know because you know like i was like oh you know serious things are going to happen but it's probably going to be like the election a presidential election that i'm probably going to bring i don't want to talk about that <laughs> you I know you want to talk say. about that i mean honestly i don't want to talk about it but i don't want to talk about it yet i'm just like let me just save my energy and ammo for for october you know like when things are down to the wire we haven't even, we just got to half halfway through the year of 2020 and there's just too many crazy things happening so uh one thing at a time right <laughs> yeah absolutely i can't believe we're in june we're literally halfway through the year it's like unbelievable oh but like, you know what it's it even is like the most exciting halfway? yeah right and again, I mean, this this month has gotten off to like a crazy, exciting, interesting start. And uh, I guess like for people like who are in the future and who are, you know, looking through our records and don't know what's happening now for some reason. Um, <laughs> just a little We're bit. We're literally premise. in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, yeah, well, that's one. Right. That's one thing. Uh, and then we're also like in the middle of um ongoing protests that are happening worldwide but throughout all 50 states of the united states and and more countries than we can count like it's been the biggest civil rights movement uh since the 60s where now like protests are happening uh some places there's there's a uh, c- c- police brutality just like not some places um, it seems like everywhere honestly um you know it's just it's just a crazy time so you had like I, I was like you got to come back and talk with us because you have been sharing with me quite a few um, tidbits of knowledge, honestly, that like has helped me throughout this time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. Where do you want to start? Like, what, well, like I want to start by like expressing uh-huh. my solidarity. Like, you know, I, this is an incredible time, and it's an incredible. Uh, just, I am I am at awe of like all the work that people have been doing specifically uh, black people, specifically, specifically black feminists and indigenous people, as well as people with queer identities. This is like, they've done so much and I just want to acknowledge that and just express like, you know, my, my solidarity as like um, an Arab woman and um, someone who's grown up in the United States. Like I'm totally behind this and anything I could do to help, like I'm definitely down for that. And I just want to also just kind of reiterate that like, this is in no way me trying to speak for anybody. I don't want, I'm like really fearful of ever stepping into anybody's like spaces. I just like... Again, this is just coming from like a um, like the perspective of like solidarity and, and support and anything that I can do, I'm definitely just trying to do it and trying to be there and be present 
and acknowledge that this is a struggle of Black people in the United States, as well as several different locations all over the world. And, you know, it's and the only thing I can speak for is, you know, myself and like the experience I've gone through and definitely understand that there's a, a huge um, aspect of compassion and, and sympathy that goes and empathy that goes into this that um, we need to definitely feel like, you know, I'm, I'll never go through an experience that a black person has gone through and I'll, and I'll forever like, you know, be supportive of everything that they've gone through and, and their words and their, and their struggles. So, um, you know, I just kind of want to start with like that sentiment, basically expressing my solidarity and my support and just that all of this knowledge I've acquired is basically from people that are either black or indigenous and have been working towards this for a long, long time. I appreciate that. And yeah, it means a lot that you, you add that. Um, cause definitely like, yeah, it's a charged time. Um, you know, black people have been spoken for, um, but like even like sort of without like a sort of permission, you know, like sort of like the mansplaining, mm-hmm. you know, of course. Right. What well, I'm doing right now. Right. But, but <laughs> never. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's it, you know, it does mean a lot that you you say that, you know, like it's in solidarity. Um, and truly, like I wouldn't have invited you or even wanted to talk to you about this, you know, if I didn't believe that, um, you know, even like like I said before, um, you had given me like quite a bit of knowledge um on the topic, you know, really like of like even like Muslims helping out different different disenfranchised people, but like before, like way before this was happening. So, you know, that's like how I know, like it's, it's really genuine, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I guess like a good place to, to even sort of start would be like a, a piece of literature you gave me during uh, Ramadan, which uh, was was that like a full month ago now? Or almost a full yeah, month. Yeah, almost a month. Man. Yeah. Wow, how crazy. Um, so, yeah, you gave me this uh, literature. You gave me this art book, really, called The uh, Quran of the Oppressed. And I, I'm, I'm still, like, going through it. It's like a college, like, textbook type of deal. But, like, it's not it's, that bad. It, 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 mm, I don't know. I've never seen her, her, hermeneutic. Every time I'm reading it. Oh, you've never seen that word before? Yeah. I've never seen that. You know, I've never seen praxis. I've never seen uh, – there was quite a few words I had to look up, you know, and I thought I was pretty well read. <laughs> like, I was just like, – let me pull it up right now. Like, it's it's a good it's a good read, but, I mean, even that, that um, prologue, like, it was like, whew, I'm sweating reading this. It's it's really good. Like the the whole uh, the whole um, title is Quran of the Oppressed, Liberation Theory, and Gender Justice in Islam, and that gave me a lot of hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's it's well, really. I mean, good. like it's contrary. It's literally like the title itself is totally contrary to what you see in society and expect of Islam. Mm-hmm. You're like literally told. Um, that Islam is a religion of, that oppresses women, that, you know, there is no um, ex- free expression of speech. You listen to what the clerics tell you. Um, they lash people, like all of that. That's literally like the lo- the most you hear about Islam in, in the media. Um, so, you, you know, like in these terrorist groups are enslaving people, like all of that stuff, like, you know, and then you come to this book and this is literally the title. And then, and this is, this is what, if I was going to say something that's representative of Islam, 
the idea of liberation and liberating yourself from the the desires of this world and liberating yourself from anything that constrains you from having a connection with God, that to me is Islam. Like the idea of liberation is something that like I definitely intertwine with my own ident- my religious identity. Um, and that's actually still hard for some Muslims to believe. You know, they themselves have also been victims of what the media has um, has portrayed to them and they believe it. And as well as like the different systems that we see in like Arab countries, Arab countries are definitely not innocent. Like, you know, we see or Muslim countries, um, they definitely call themselves Muslim or have an Islamic regime or whatever they want to call it. But they literally manipulate religion, religious texts to be able to suppress and oppress people. Um, whereas like to me, governments should be at the service of people. And this is my understanding in Islam is that even the U.S. system was, or like the U.S. Uh, political system or like the idea of a president, blah, blah, blah. It was essentially like meant to be like, you know, this is your president. This is someone who's going to serve you and, and you know, uh, implement policies that are uh, at your service and that uh, will protect your rights of liberty, blah, blah, blah. But essentially, that's not necessarily what we see today. Um and so, yeah, so like I grew up with this idea that even like, you know, we call, we, this is probably like a really like um, bloated word, I guess, to use, but like Sharia law, which is the law that is like um, detailed in the Quran, which is supposed to um, basically set up some sort of legal systems or things that you should s- stay away from. Um, it has, it's, it, it, what it does is, basically tries to limit the control of the state and make sure that the state protects its people. And if there's ever that violation where when the state is trying to um, control people or implement um, unjust policies, that's a violation of Sharia law. And, um, you know, you hear Sharia law is like, oh, Sharia law tells you to lash people. Sharia law tells you to wear a scarf or a hijab or whatever, and you be modest. Like that's that's not really the core of it. <laughs> the core of it is to protect um, life. It's to protect intellect, to protect people's reputation, to protect people's property, um, to protect your family. That's essentially, as well as society. Like that's essentially what Sharia revolves around, um, instilling. Uh, divine law that will make sure that everyone is protected as well as you know the individual and their intellect and their life so um islam is like very very much centered around um that like i said the idea of liberation and the idea of protecting people and making sure that nobody's abused or used or anything like that so when i grew up with like all of this and then i grew up with like like living in America and seeing police brutality as well as seeing like, you know, Muslims and people and non-black people uh, also be suffering from very similar police systems. Like, you know, it's, it's like contradictory. It's like so hard to like, be like, no, this is the way the world should be. This is the ideal way the world should like, this is what we should be doing. Why isn't anybody doing this? Why is everybody <laughs> doing literally the opposite? Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like heartbreaking. It's like, no, we have this like, you know, like I don't want everybody to be Muslim. Like I don't really care for that. My idea is like we have great examples, whether it's the Quran or whether it's this um, whether it's the studies and the and the thoughts and the text of black liberation um, activists. Like we have these blueprints set up for us already. Why are like it's just this idea of um like right now, like what we're going through is the idea that police protect us, right? Yeah. But like that's not necessarily the case. Like, how do you? Why do police have have so much power? Like, why did we let them 
get this much power? Like, why did we, why, like, why do we think that we can call up the on the phone, be like, hey, this dude is harassing me, and then the cops come and they like literally make a one second judgment of who the harasser is and who the victim is, and usually that's based on a person's literal like physical um, appearance, Mm -hmm. and. How like why did we give them that power? Why are we allowing these people to to do this? And they're supposed to like protect us when you know they actually have no skills, no training in in doing any type of de-escalation um, practice. Like it, to me, it just like that. Like that to me is like okay, pol- police in the first place don't even protect us. And yet, when you talk about abolition, that suddenly is something that's really hard to accept. Like that's like <laughs> you guys, you guys want to keep the police and then like yeah, it- people are so conditioned now you know it's like where they you know like all our lives you know we've grown up with police especially in america uh you know like they just stopped showing the cops show you know for the first time and it's oh been going God. on for 30 plus years you know uh even in my house you know my we watch cops because it's on every tv channel right uh i mean paw patrol that's a cartoon for for kids you know that centers around the police but then you know i feel like especially like in the 90s and and on 2000s for sure everyone just succumbed to fear like heavy heavy uh especially like as technology grew and globalism grew you know like it it sort i guess it feels it feels scary for people to you know see like neighbors and such you know so well it's like specifically white people white people are scared like you know we have the police to protect us if the police are gone who's gonna Mm -hmm. protect us now (laughs) exactly and it's like um well to me like the like okay so like the idea of abolition is like to be a creative way in countering these oppressive systems and you know trying to look for something else trying to basically reestablish um how we can protect ourselves, how we can have a community effort in um, uh, in being able to establish this idea of safety, right? Mm-hmm. And like what I, what I find fascinating is um, people think that the police system is a system that has to exist. But to me, it's like actually it's kind of like – like, why can't we hold ourselves accountable? Why can't we trust our communities to be able to service us and protect us? Like, why Why is this idea that we have to hire these people to do it for us? Like, to me, it's unnatural. Whereas, like, the idea of, like, abolition is, like, very natural. It's very, like, like I feel like that's what a structured and that's what a um, free civilization looks like. Is something that where we don't need to rely on a police system. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you. Like, actually, it does feel unnatural. You know, like one, like a few nights ago, I was even thinking to myself, was like, I've never wanted to call cops. You know, like I know, I it, like literally, no, I, I'm scared of them. Like, if yeah, I drive I've past been a afraid cop of them. or I walk past a cop, like I'm Muslim, I'm visibly Muslim. I do not trust them. I know mm-hmm. that they look at me and they know. And if I do anything to instigate, I know that they're gonna harass me. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I don't like I, I don't think they're gonna I don't I don't want to think about it but like the idea is is that like I, they're definitely not someone that I seek protection mm-hmm. uh, like seek to protect me and yeah, um I kind of wanted to jump back if you don't mind um yeah, feel free. You talked about the 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 Paw Patrol and like TV shows um like showing displaying like you know that police are good and blah 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 I just recently started watching Avatar and I'm on like the middle nice. of book two now me too. I'm, I'm actually is, like on episode 12 of book two. I don't, I don't know what episode I'm on, but 
because you know when you're on Netflix, they just like you, you just know. go exactly <laughs> like it doesn't like, tell you doesn't tell you what episode you're on. Now it's just like just okay, let's keep going. Oh, yeah, let's pretty much credits and all. Yep, I, like same to me. Like honestly, like I barely. Like, the only reason I know is because I I just went to go look at it <laughs> a little while ago. Um. So yeah. So like for me, it's like um, it's a children's show, but it does a really interesting um job of like depicting all of these different types of oppressions that we see in like the real world whether it's genocide for um angst people or whether it's slavery for um that the earth uh bender um i can't remember his name haru yeah i think it's haru where his like he he ended up being like that literally uh-huh. was slavery. Like he was, uh-huh. they oh, like yeah, stripped absolutely. him of every single power. And then like, but even they showed like that idea of like white savior, um, mm-hmm. like, so like, uh, what's her name? Um, go, wanting to go and like save them or like, and then they're like not listening to her. Like that to me is like, oh it's my hard. God, that's, yeah, that do you, mm-hmm. know, do you know what I'm talking about? Like when I haven't she, seen that episode yet, although oh, I've, you did I've, it? Oh my God, did I ruin it? <laughs> see, I've seen, I've seen the show a long time ago. Like, was it oh, okay, when Katara okay. like, jumps on like the ship? Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. She, she, okay, she yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she jumps on the ship. W- yeah, with um, like, so all these earthbenders are like, are taken into like conscription, prison labor, like to help like the invading nation. Yeah. Um, yeah, they help them, help the invading nation like with their work, you know, like, so they're mm-hmm. put on slave labor, right? And then uh, Katara, one of the main protagonists, she comes through, uh, she gets herself arrested and tries to break them out and be like, y'all, stop, you know, like you guys can, you know, break free of these guys. But they're like, oh, what can we do? <laughs> they're broken. Yeah, yeah, they're, so yeah they're literally, they're literally broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they, then, a whole whole group of fighters that can can actually like do stuff like if they actually like put their minds to it on this one shit on this one uh, prison plan, right? Mm-hmm. And like, what was interesting is that basically, like, it was built out of metal, so earthbenders can only bend like rock or un- only mm-hmm. use um, rock, so or earth or whatever. Um, so being in a place that's literally metal, they have no ability to um, yeah free themselves, uh, free themselves, or like use their powers. So then she comes and she gets like all the coal, which is technically like earth because mm-hmm. it's like a fossil fuel that comes from the earth. So she pulls it out from like the middle of the ship and she's like, look, save yourselves. Like, I just want to help you guys save yourselves. And even that was kind of like a hard um, idea or it was basically hard to like break people out of their figurative change. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and um, so it was really hilarious seeing Katara transition from like a, what, what a white savior would look like. And then what mm-hmm. someone who was like actually like a supportive member providing people with this, with the, um, with the equipment, providing people with the knowledge or providing people with um, the support that they need in, in order to be able to liberate themselves the way that they want to be liberated. Yeah. Like, Although I would even say like Katara, like she's indigenous. So yeah, I feel like that's, that's like cool right no i thought i her i just think her coming in and yeah, saying, yeah like I'm, an outside yeah, like yeah a sort of totally outsider, like huh? totally an outsider at that point and then giving like this great speech like i think that was like insensitive and like you oh you were barely there for like two hours and you suddenly know what it, <laughs> now you what know it, yeah no i agree with you like where it's just sort of like don't you think that they already tried to like free themselves like you know why do you think their spirits are so broken it's because of probably how much they've been abused and you know from trying to resist in the first place and they're like you know what i'd rather be alive than be like half dead you know or yeah yeah so like i but even that like depiction of like slavery and like freeing themselves and um 
just like giving like empowering people like people aren't like dumb you know and that's what the state wants you to believe is that like you guys can't make your own decisions i can make it for you and um and then but it's actually not it's what it's doing is like servicing one group of people like you know when you read the statistics of like how um uh disproportionate black people are or like sorry the how disproportionate the statistics are of um uh, who is arrested or who is prosecuted or um, inappropriately or how the justice system literally works to um, incarcerate black people, indigenous people, Latino people. And then it, like what are, an interesting statistic I was like looking up, like someone was like, oh, we need the death penalty. We need prisons. How, how are we going to deal with um, how are we going to deal with serial killers and people that are like had committed really violent crimes? And I'm like, Hmm. So I like look it up and then I basically see that the way they the statistically the way they choose who gets the death penalty is based on the victim. So statistically, if the victim is white, that is usually when the killer is going to get the death penalty. But if the um, if the victim was black or a non-black, it is less likely that their killer would get the death penalty. Mm. So it's even like kind of reverse. It's like who, how how are we going to hold people accountable for um, hurting uh, black people or or non-black white people? And it's basically like, oh, I guess we're not. <laughs> you know, like we're not going <laughs> to hurt. We're not going to hold these people accountable. Mm. So even so, yeah, like even yes, like there is an extreme. Like yeah, there definitely there are groups of people that do commit very violent crimes and they need to be held accountable but then but even the justice system as it is today does not do that it does not serve the people it does not ser- have the capability of prosecuting people um towards justice equally yeah, yeah. actually yeah, that's that's the that's absolute truth um i mean just like what you just said like where they're able to find you know excuses and ways for uh you know, for their people, you know, like, for example, like in in media, like where, you know, they talk about white criminals or people get arrested. Oh, you know, that young man or that young man or that boy or that child, you know, butter him up, try to make him feel and feel like look like a person you know, who mm-hmm. made a mistake. But mm-hmm. then when it comes to um, black people, honestly, you know, like, oh, we're we're hardened criminals who have been planning, you know, the the hardest crimes since infancy and uh, throw the book at them. And it's just is it, there's so many things that need to be dismantled. And it's, you know, I'm actually really happy that like it's all coming to light for yeah. everybody now, you know, like, whereas these were things that, you know, we knew, you know, mm-hmm. like, definitely I knew. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's, it's being such more a normal. absolutely yeah it's, like, it's normalized. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. Like I, I'm really grateful for this time. Who knew? You know, all we had to do to get uh, hooked on trying to fight the power was, uh, you know, no no entertainment and not being able to go out for three months, right? <laughs> you, know, like, you know, definitely the context of the pandemic does, does definitely play into this. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, people have, like, you know, people that are unemployed now, what are they going to do? They're obviously going to fight for their right to have, you know, fair employment, to have fair mm-hmm. wages and stuff like that. And that's obviously all tied into 
into, um, you know, a liberation movement is basically ensuring that people are treated fairly and treated equally. And then like, you know, but I think it also started with like a little bit with like Bernie and people kind of being outraged when Bernie yeah, setting um, the seeds for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he literally, I think he did. I think he did a pretty decent job of like kind of, um, awakening people with like, you know, his Medicare for all. And like, even mm-hmm. that statement where he's like, I think the American people want a revolution. And then Biden's like, no, but, uh, uh, <laughs> Bernie is wrong. People don't want a revolution. Um, they just want like reform or blah, blah, which is like the liberal white argument, you know, let's reform. Yeah. This, let's do, let's fix it, fix this. But then like, even like the put police, a band-aid over it. huh? Yeah. Put a bandaid over it versus like actually like tackling the problem. Right. The problem. Yeah. Like what they do is they're like, they look at the world as a business and they're like, okay, if the police aren't doing a good job, so let's just fire them and then we'll retrain and hire a, a, a bunch of other people. But it's not essentially demolishing the system or dismantling the system. They're keeping the system. They're just changing the players and that doesn't work. And that's essentially what slavery, what happened from moving from slavery to um, a- abolishing slavery in the United States. It's that like we moved from people having ownership and enslaving um, uh, black people, but then we moved into like incarcerating them. Like it's literally the same thing. It's just a different name. And what they're doing is like, oh, we have to reform. We're reforming um, mass incarceration or whatever. And and they had like different. uh, And oh, yeah. So like when there was like this movement that mass incarceration is a violation of human rights, People don't have access to good health care. People are like in solitary confinement, blah, blah, blah. So what they do is they're like, oh, okay, we'll just add medical clinics into the prisons Mm -hmm. like that. It didn't it didn't. That's not that's that's what reform is. That's the reform is literally, as you said, putting a bandaid on it. And we've already had so many attempts like, you know, to to reform. But at this point, like is like if I asked you the question, Godzilla, like if there was a bill right now that needed that you needed to vote for, which is whether to reform or to abolish, what are you going to do? Like, I bet politicians want to do reform because it keeps the system. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like reform versus, you know, abolish or do some type of drastic change, because unfortunately, like a lot of these politicians like are, you know, want status quo. You know, yeah. they want they want to maintain um, face in front of the people, but also see if they can maintain connections, you know, with private prisons or with, you know, the, the, the strong policing unions or the strong conservative groups or, you know, like groups that like want that status quo. Right. You know, they want to see them get both worlds. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, what I imagine. But now I feel like the people's voices you know, like are too loud and then also like they are too magnified for sure, like on politicians and politicians know this because it's an election year. It's in less than six months now, like less than five months, actually, you know, like where most of these people can get changed out if they aren't listening to um you know, all these angered voices, you know, especially like as this pandemic is is uh, projected to keep on going, it's like how you know, like something has to happen or else these politicians are out. And honestly, it could even be like violently out at this point because, you know, like French Revolution style, like where like we've seen multiple protests, not only like the Black Lives Matter, but even the conservatives um, with their um, protests um, a month or two ago. Yeah, two months ago. Yeah, like where they came in inside with their big old guns. You know, the politicians know like that they're, they, there's a lot of pressure on what they have to do and who they have to listen to now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So that question that I asked you was actually a question posed by my friends. They have a Instagram account called the Bustan, and it's basically like you know, it's it's like a it's a, they, it's a couple, and they basically go over like Muslim themes and Muslim topics. And um, so the, one of the topics today was like was um, abolition, and basically from a Muslim perspective, this is something that's justified actually, like you know, within our religion. And so like the question was, um, you know, are, would you vote for abolition or reform? And it it takes a lot of courage to be able to answer that, like no, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for abolition. Like I'm, you know, enough is enough. I'm not going to give people chances over and over again, people that I distrust in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's really important that we ask ourselves that exact question. So when they asked it, I was like, Oh my God, like, I, like, of course I would choose abolition. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's, to me, it's not a hard question to ask myself. Um, oh, yeah, for because sure. Of, because of the, like, you know, how I grew up, like, you know, I was talking to you about that before. And it's like, but you know what? It takes a lot of courage for a lot of other people because Absolutely. it is, to them, it's a radical idea. And I'm just like, no, it's like the perfect idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we've been talking this whole time about, like, how these groups are so conditioned to mm-hmm. trust and rely on the police, you mm-hmm. know? Like, whereas, yeah, for sure, like me and you, yeah, we don't, we don't like the police because, yeah, they feel like an intrusive, intrusive uh, entity that usually is only making a situation worse. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, and my, and unfortunately, my heart goes you have to go ahead. And yeah, my heart goes out to like the victims, like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and the countless others that like are victims of, of these senseless people it's just it, it it's so heartbreaking and it's so frustrating that it had to it had to come to that um and i know that like there the the reaction that we're that we are reacting is is an is definitely the one that is necessary you know we have people that we need to protect we have to protect ourselves we have younger siblings that are going to grow up and we want them to be able to to live in a, a world that where they won't you know fear driving or walking down the street just because of the way they look or the way that they're perceived and so yes. like i was you know i was even like thinking about like okay so like what's gonna happen next like is it a revolution or like what like how what is what is our future gonna look like and you know what like the the idea is um the government the government has like sends the military overseas in the name of like establishing democracy right but the government knows that like the military is um is actually like oppressing people and killing people overseas and so when you know, in the name of freedom, right? And so now when people, when American citizens are like, no, I want freedom, it terrifies them because they think the people are going to react to them the way that they are um, trying uh-huh. to fight for freedom overseas. And so like that to me is also something that's like, absolutely like, like I like I worry literally what the government's reaction is going to be based on the government's own actions, you know, and the government's own fear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but at the same time, like, not to romanticize um, revolution, knowing how much of a painful, painful thing that it can be for so many people. Um, it is, I just want people to understand that it is possible for us to be able to change our government. It is possible for us to have our voices heard. And there is a lot of courage that, that is needed for us to be able to believe that in the first place before even enacting that. And I, and I want people to like 
read. The more that they read, the more confident that they will be in the ideas that are being shared by um, Black activists and Indigenous activists um, all over the United States. Because like you hear them for the first time now, and you're like, no, like this, they're a little bit extra. Like, oh, you know, maybe um, I, I support them, and you know, I I give my solidarity, but I'm not I I'm not really sure if yeah, I, I don't want know about those protests. I don't know about those riots. I don't yeah. know if they're doing it the right way. Yeah. And I'm like, what about Martin Luther King? And I mean, that's exactly like what we are hearing parroted, you know, honestly, even like in good faith, but like it's incorrect, though, like for for it kills me. It kills me how the United States has changed, like the United States killed Martin Luther King. And then they like now we have a holiday in his name. Like, it's just to me, like the most hypocritical, like all you have to do is just Google, like how did Martin Luther King die? And then you'll basically see how the system literally tried to silence a black man who was just calling for equality and equal treatment of black civilians. And it's just like, it's like, it just is. I just, it, and then they make, and then like Malcolm X, who was Muslim and radical, and he is, he is the evil type of revolutionary. This is not the type of revolutionary that we want. We want MLK. And I'm like, well, MLK and, and Martin Luther King, when they, uh, sorry, MLK and Malcolm X, when they went, you know, when they both got older, their ideologies actually started to intersect a little bit. And they both were like, they were both very, I think, very well balanced in what they believed of how a revolution should look like or how people should resist or what it looks like, what resistance looks like and what equality looks like, especially when, um, you know, there's this quote going around that where like um, violence is the, um, is the way that uh, the voice of the oppressed. Yeah. And it's like, so like you kind of have to I, I was reading about this to like understand it a little better. You kind of have to understand who Mal- uh, Malcolm X was um, fighting for, who he was representing, who are the who are the people that he was talking to and who are the people that Martin Luther King was serving and talking to as well. And they both had different types of um, their audience were basically both um, a little bit different, whereas um uh, Martin Luther King's um, supporters and the people that he was trying to help were um, were were mostly black people in the South. Whereas, and 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 in the South, racism was blatant racism. Like racism was um, mostly lynching. Racism was basically Jim Crow, like the worst type of it, right? Mm, very Whereas. Very. Um, Malcolm X's um, the people that the black people that Malcolm X was serving and 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 leading, they were people mostly in like um, urban societies, um, like New York and Chicago and um, and Boston. Like you know, that's where a lot of his his speeches took place, and. And there, white people weren't so obvious in their racism based on the culture um, that was that kind of followed um, the Civil War. They were the more progressive type of racist. They were the ones that, like, I believe black people should have rights, but, you know, maybe not too many rights. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you yeah. kind of see the dynamic of, like, the two different types of white people that they were um, they were trying to resist or that they were trying to um, free themselves um, from, from their oppression. So you have to understand understand that if if Malcolm X, if Martin Luther King had asked his his um, followers to basically riot and be violent and you know do a little bit more of a radical type of resistance they would they would like they would basically be killed they would get more of a violent response from from the white supremacists and the people that were already hurting them whereas Malcolm X had 
the ability to um, have a little bit more of a um, radical conversation with his followers because like white people are a little bit more contained and I'm not trying to justify um, or I'm not trying to say which racism is worse, like the, the subtle racism or the, or the Mm -hmm. blatant racism. I'm just saying that the context of the, of the way of the people that were their followers and the people that they were resisting is, is very much based on the geography where they were. So, so like you can't like, like Martin Luther King was never going to say something um, or not never. He wasn't inclined to say as many radical statements as Malcolm X did. Malcolm X also had the protection of the Nation of Islam for a long, long time when he was preaching. Um, so, you know, that was also like a whole entity of people um, that were already um, that already had like some sort of like um, system of protection or protecting themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could have he could even that could have even have been a factor for him to be able to say a little bit more of like radical things. Yeah. And you know what? The way it doesn't matter. The way that each of them fought or resisted white supremacy was completely justified. We can't tell people how they should resist. We can't tell people how they should protest. We sh- like it's that to me is like mind boggling that, you know, like this is a good type of protest. This is what a protest should look like. I'm proud of these people. Like, no, like mm-hmm. that's like you're literally like y- contributing to exactly what they're fighting against. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like, uh, like as you were saying that, it made me think of like a letter from Birmingham jail, you know, from Malcolm, uh, from Martin Luther King, you know, like where like he he explicitly said like the biggest stumbling block for for you know like us you know for black people isn't like the kkk and like the you know that the overt racism that you see but it's really the white moderate that is the one that is trying to police like how we protest and how we get attention mm-hmm. and how you know we even fight for freedom like they're the, like and he says it uh let me see if i can find it verbatim um yeah there we go um first i'm like uh I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice with who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set a timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. So, yeah, I mean, and he talks about it, it. quite a bit. Yeah, that's 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 like the, the one who we all, uh, you know, like look to and who did the peaceful peaceful uh he literally calls them out he's like nah (laughs) oh yeah and like he 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 talks about them quite a bit more but you know i'm not trying to have a read-along right now (laughs) but but absolutely you know like it it, it, it's it's a bummer to to see that but Mm -hmm. you know i do want to say like i am happy with all of the allies that we have gotten because you know like i mean you you yourself are an ally you know like not of our you know, like of our I feel like I'm group, such a but, lame loser and I'm like trying to do more. No, no. That, but that's awesome. You know, like it means a lot that that you are trying so hard that you, you know, have educated yourself and like are educating others too, you know, and like not only that, like not only you, but like we have so many people of so many different races and uh, sexualities and, and religions that are like are with it 
And it's it, that's why it's so baffling to be like, how are there people like, who are going to be on the wrong side of history, especially like when we have history uh, so so recent to us, you know? And then also we have just social media and the internet that is readily there to tell you like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't going to end well for people like who 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 hold on to to racist values, you know? Like, what do you think is going to happen this time around? You know what I mean? Yeah. There is like that that quote that goes around a lot. Like, if you wondered what you would do during World War II, and if you lived in Nazi Germany, this is literally the time <clears throat> to show like what you would do in in the face of injustice. Absolutely, absolutely. That you know, like it's it's that I think that's like why like it feels so important because you know like all of us like who heard that like during school it's just sort of mm-hmm. like well i would be you know we all seen the movies we've all seen you know the video games and like all the media you know that showcases um you know one world war ii for your analogy but then two you know the civil rights movement and it's just sort of like okay we've seen that mm-hmm. we we are now aware of it now it's time to to act on it you know do we want to just give this lip service and just be like oh i was you know like, especially like when you're telling your grandkids hopefully right like it's like oh what'd you do uh grandpappy or grandmommy i don't know right <laughs> that you know like during the the, the 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 protests of 2020 well right did you help out or did you did you, you know, like you know, i even like had to be there but like did you help out or did you think yeah did you, did, were you against up? it yeah and like a lot of these things are like actually happen like every day in like this the supermarket or um at a gas station or anything like you can see these injustices like firsthand like if you don't speak up against someone being obviously abused for their identity or their physical appearance like what like that right there is your your silence is complicit like that's it mm-hmm. at this point there's like you it's 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 selfish and it's basically reinforcing an already brutal system against victims like you know like it's just it's just so hard for me like just the bare minimum to me that's the bare minimum is just speaking up you know like and and like islam kind of emphasizes that like you know like to be to express your solidarity with the powerless like that's that's the bare minimum you know and then we obviously have like the story of moses and like his i think it's like a resistance to the pharaoh and like basically um uh, <laughs> basically yeah, I mean, showing, how, showing how like powerless he was even though he was technically the most powerful person in you know in in the land or whatever and it's just like um i just uh i find like i, I always find like solace in in religion mm-hmm. or like at least these stories is because like they're so relatable they're so common like there, there. You, we think that they're. Oh, this happened a long time ago, or, or this is so like, this is just metaphorical. But like, no, they're they're very, very relatable to what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, every day in our in our present life. Like, I don't think God just put these as like, oh, just to teach you a lesson about, you know, how, you know, to um to do this or do that. I really think that these ex- examples and these stories are legitimate and that they are shared in order for us to be able to reflect upon like our present day circumstances and. Mm-hmm. And kind of see have a, kind of have a, a better guide to, um, you know, being a better you know human being as a whole. Like I don't so like to clarify, I don't think that like Islam or religion is going to make you a moral or ethical person. I think that has to come from your core. That has to be something that you already have have the ability to do and to be. Islam just gives you, or and religions just give you like 
you know, a general like direction or a guide, like, okay, now you believe in equality, right? So what are you mm-hmm. going to do about it? Like that's how do something that's, about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going like to do that. something about it. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Like, so yeah, like people are like, oh, really, people think that just because they follow a religion, they're so good or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, actually, no, like you need the prerequisite to following a religion is to be a good person, is to be able mm-hmm. to have that type of um, compassion in you and have that type of desire to be able to um, be a force of goodness in this world. Yeah. I dig that a lot. And I, I think that's important to say, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter like what religious group you belong to, you know, it's like, do your actions show that, you know, especially like, uh, like as that has been a commandment, I guess, like just constantly like to do good things, do good works, you know, like mm-hmm. help, you know, help those who are oppressed, help those who, you know, like, I mean, this is like in the, the Quran of the press book that you, uh, yet you had mentioned, you know, like both, points were very much inside that like where um one you know like where it's is like it's don't read it as like an ancient text but you know like how like it is applicable to what's happening today but then also too like yeah like the exodus story um like how um that's a direct metaphor for for uh justice you know mm-hmm. like in the lengths that mm-hmm. people I would mean- have to go I made this joke and I'm like, y'all, the ones that are like, um, all lives matter. Y'all are the ones that like, don't, don't, um, think that we need to stand for the oppressed. I was like, yo, if Moses was, you know, part of the Red Sea and was now walking with the people behind him, you would literally stop him and be like, hang on Mm -hmm. and let the Pharaoh catch up. Like, that's literally how (laughs) I feel like these people are, you know, like, like, like it's just it's just mind boggling to me that like these all lives matter people and like everybody that they're like oh black lives matter that's a little extreme blah blah, blah. I'm like I just it just like it doesn't compute how stupid mm-hmm. these people are and I'm gonna straight up say that that they are very stupid and they're also very 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 happy with the way the system is like it's not just it's not it's I don't think it's ignorance I think it's a, a, a they feel like they are justified in their views because the system has they have pr- been privileged by the system in some sort of way yeah and it's just like i just it's just like why it's like like why are it's you disappointing so <laughs> yeah, for me at least it's disappointing like it's just like dang y'all like you guys can be with it like and if you guys are with it then things will just go so much faster and easier and it'll help everybody you know and it's it's it is sort of like a sort of selfishness like in a way like where it's a sort of like all right you are so ready to sit and not be able to help the rest of us out. But, you know, if you go, if you just, if you do like a little bit of work, this system can work better for everybody, right? Just a little bit of work and you don't want to do okay, that. I'm okay with them not being part of the movement. Uh-huh. I'm okay with that. I, 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 I know who I'm, who I'm going to help out and who I'm not going to help out later on. <laughs> like <laughs> everybody, right? <laughs> I know what you mean. I like, I know exactly like how you feel. Like it's, it's, it's very frustrating, especially like this whole year, like where we've been doing like, like almost like a comical battle with, with people like who just, want to be like in the old ways you know like they've taken yeah. make america great in such a different mindset and just sort of like okay you you've been hearing about like how we're hurting you even saw it you know you saw an innocent man get killed and now you're you know you're still with it like where it's like oh you know it's not that big of a deal Ah, uh, you know we don't have to do all this uh, you know, it's just it's just constant so i don't blame the frustration but you know that's why like 
this moment is so important. And I think like I really want it to have like a long term impact so that way we can we don't have to even like argue about it anymore. You know, just like how yeah. Germany doesn't yeah. argue about like, OK, what should we do if someone does a Nazi sign? No, they just take you to jail, I guess. Right. Or give yeah. you a ticket. There's not there's not if and or but about it. Or they send you back to your country where you came from. Yeah. Easy. I and and you know what? Like, I kind of want to. I don't. I hope you don't mind, but I like want to transition to like maybe actual like talking. Um, actual. For sure. I, I would love support. to. Yeah, I would love to. So like, mm-hmm. I, people need to like. Okay, people can just. They don't like. I'm tired of people just doing hashtag Black Lives Matter. I want people to do something about it. If you are literally mm-hmm. someone who cannot spare a moment or anything towards Black Lives Matter, this bare minimum you can is look up a organization or a GoFundMe for one of the victims families and just support and just donate money and share that link like that's the bare minimum you could do it in the age of like um social media putting hashtag blm that's nothing anybody could do that you have to do something that you you are that is you have to be able to use your privilege in order to help others and if your privilege is finances and money then that's something that you got to do at first and then like well, the next thing you could do is like there's so many racial justice organizations in every city or organizations that are at least um, trying to um, bail out victims of um, uh, police brutality or police violence. So, you know, if you can't donate, then the next thing you can do is volunteer your time towards these people. Anything that any type of organization that is um, either feminist or um, uh, trying to help um, victims of of violence or people that are trying to um, establish equal justice or um, mutual aid organizations, anything like that. So either donate your money or donate your time, whatever you're capable of. And definitely spread the word. Like, um, I think another thing that you can do, which is I admittedly risky, is like go to a protest. Like, I mean, people think like, oh, protests don't matter. But like what politicians see on TV is that there are thousands of people on the streets. So if you are not immunocompromised and if you are not living with someone who is immunocompromised, definitely do your due diligence. Um, try to um, social distance. Definitely wear a mask. Do everything you can to protect yourself. You know write a sign don't write a sign like you don't have to whatever just go and like at least physically support for a couple of hours that's i mean that's great the moment you come home take off your clothes go shower you know wash your hands and then wash those clothes just in case there is a corona you don't you definitely don't want to accidentally infect anybody else um And then if you want, get tested afterwards to make sure you're not spreading it if you end up going to work or anything like that. But again, if you are incapable of going, then you should not feel guilty because we are in the middle of a pandemic. Like you, you know, it is not if you can't go, you are not to be to blame at all. Um, uh, like, yeah. Vote. Oh, sorry, go ahead. That's another yeah. thing. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Continue. No, no, no. I was just, I was literally just gonna say vote. Um, you know, look up who your politicians are in your community. Um, make sure you, you know, the bare, another bare minimum you could do is vote for the right person, someone who has an anti-racist, um, uh, uh kind of mindset or perspective, and whenever they're establishing policies, um. 
you know, call the mayor, call whoever you can, like in our government systems and tell them that you're actually very upset and very disappointed in the behaviors of the police, you know, at these different protests and that they're, this is not what you were tax money. This is not where you want your tax money going. Um, books. If you don't like to read books, watch movies. There's plenty of Netflix movies that depict the um, the oppression and suffering that um, people go through in the United States under whether it's the justice system or police or um, uh, racial violence or anything like that. So, you know, there, honestly, all you have to do is just Google, how do I help Black Lives Matter? How do I help the victims of um, uh, of the police? What do I do? And there are so many lists and links already there for you. So we, you can sit here and listen to this podcast, but I promise you a thousand percent what is more important is that you actually do something after you listen to this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's um, that was, that's some great tips right there. You know, it's like I don't blame people that you know, like are worried for like their safety and like, and, you know, might not want to be go to protests, you know, like there is a reason we have been cooped up for, for three months, but like, let me say like the, the, the for and against, you know, like for like, we do have doctors and, you know, experts like who are saying like this, you know, like fighting this, this system, this police brutality and like this racist system is more crucial and more important than, uh, sitting mm-hmm. back you know sitting back you know like but at the same time it's like yeah definitely i understand like the corona fears you know like right. i i you know i um wrestle with both you know both fears for sure you know and of safety but at the same time it's like yeah i do want to do my part okay. especially like during this time that uh you know honestly people who are willing to 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 do what they can you know to sacrifice whatever they can and like hopefully like not sacrifice their lives you know we mm-hmm. like this is what we don't want we don't want to right. you know have anyone to that point we absolutely don't want it like that absolutely. absolutely but absolutely we do need to go out there and support it like however we can you know whether that is financially you know like or if you can't do it financially because of course like right now we are in a pandemic and many mm-hmm. people can't work mm-hmm. you know hopefully your time like there yeah. are many there are many uh uh petitions that need to be signed there's a a lot of organizations that can happen yeah go ahead sorry oh sorry no 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 yeah you're fine like and and like yeah absolutely like if you are able to go out there are a lot of organizations that do need manpower you know Mm -hmm. not only like in like in fighting uh, the system but also even taking care of people like there's a lot of people that like still need to be taken care of during this moment yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. um and i was gonna say a lot of um more political organizations if you have time but you don't want to leave the house they just want people to make phone calls to write emails Mm -hmm. like you that is definitely something that you know everybody that's listening to this podcast most likely listens to uh, speaks and reads and writes in english so that's definitely (laughs) something you can do yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing is, is that like, um, don't like, I really want non-black people to like really, really listen to black people to really, really read their work and, and, you know, follow them on social media. They have a lot of incredible things to say, and they are the people that we should be listening to at this point. If we want to say something, I'm pretty sure a black person has already said it. So just amplify their voices, um, amplify their writings, or sorry, share their writings, their articles, and their videos. They've they've already the, the material is already there. So um, and that's and everything that I said is basically material from black writers, <laughs> like you know, yeah. or indigenous um, activists. Like at this point, like just just make sure you're reading, just make sure you're aware, and like read the room. Like seriously, like I really just wish people were a little bit more compassionate and just more aware of like how much space that they're taking up 
and then like the other thing that I wanted to mention, and you know, this is the last point of advice I have, I guess, is your family is the first group of people that you need to be address addressing the racism like that you mm-hmm. like make sure you keep your family in check because if you're so woke but your your family isn't like i mean what's the point <laughs> like, yeah i mean yeah, it definitely goes out like concentric circles like whereas like first you work on yourself then you work on those closest to you then you know it's easier to really work on the community the world you know like it, you know definitely like yeah see if you can um like work on the more racist or hard-headed in your family and are people who just don't even understand, you know, give them some patience and like work with them, talk with them, you know, and if they're unable to, then, you know, maybe you got to step away from that, you know, like not being, like being around a toxic environment can, uh, you know, make you revert honestly to worse, um, like a worse, uh, perspective on these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much. That's, that welcome. was that was very uh, informative. You know, like I really enjoyed uh, hearing what what you had to say about this serious moment. You know, like in really making the most out of this. I, I yeah. really do appreciate that. Of course, and I'm I happy. learned quite a bit. I'm I'm glad. I mean, like I really want this wanted this to be like productive and informative. And again, just like speaking from a position of solidarity and like just definitely trying to um, share what I've learned and kind of try to disperse more of that knowledge so that people are able to just kind of get with it, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, like that's that's the hope, you know, it's like where, you know, I'm trying to do what I can where I am. And it's like, let me see if I can get some voices, you know, that can help inform you know, like our people, you know, people who want to listen to this podcast. Yeah, that, that's our people right there, you know. So I definitely want to to share our thoughts to to our group of people. Uh, and I definitely appreciate you uh, sharing your time with us. Absolutely. Uh, any last things you want to say, like on top of uh, what you what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've definitely spoken enough. I really just want people to just be compassionate and realize like anything that that people black, black people are trying to do and protest about is nothing more than just to make the world a better place. You know, mm-hmm. there that that is literally the intention, and it's not necessarily a prioritizing a prioritization of one group over the other. That's it's literally not any type of supremacist idea. It's just you know. They're fighting yeah. for they're fighting for the betterment of the world, and that actually starts with ending the um, violence that are um, killing Black people. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I guess my last bit uh, is definitely stay tuned for um, more in the series, hopefully, and um, you know, definitely we're gonna keep on doing more dope things, more dope events. Um, uh, you know, just stay tuned to our social media channels because, you know, like we'll be announcing uh, more collaborations with people, future podcast episodes that come out. Um, and of course, you know, there's more levity for, you know, dark and oppressive times. So hopefully, you know, like that'll, that'll keep your spirits up. Um, and as always, thank you very much for listening. If you got all the way to the end, definitely appreciate you. Um, please tell me your thoughts on these things. I would love to hear from you, whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it. If you disagree with it and you listened all the way, 
kudos to you. I definitely want to talk to you. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I, I, I'll be shocked, honestly. Like, where it's like, yeah, I listen to you every I'm, week. I'm a very I, convincing I, I, person. <laughs> I, I, I would be shocked. I would love to to see what 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 uh, that person thinks. But you know, like, and like, I'm definitely not good. If you disagree with me and my thoughts, you know, definitely, I would love to talk to you. I'll do it as as uh, respectfully as possible, you know, and you know, but definitely be honest, right? Um, but yeah, just again, thanks, you know, and thanks for for being a cool community, especially during these hard times. Uh, as always, stay dope. Peace.